Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Unknown, the show where we decode the unknown. What happens here? One of my writers, and in this case, Katie. Thank you, Katie, has written me a script. The Box Saga. Is history as we know it a lie? Excellent question. Uh, we're going to try and figure this out. Um, I've never read this script before. That's the format of the show. And uh, so we're going to learn something together. I've never heard of the box saga. Probably because it's all a lie. <laughs> Unlike history. Which is, uh, I mean, not very accurately recorded. But more accurately recorded than someone's made up history. If I vaguely remember the pitch for this episode from Katie. Anyway, let's crack on. If you're a Whistleboy fan, that's me. You may know he absolutely loves his writers springing difficult or totally foreign words on him. Oh yeah, I love it, Katie. Brilliant. So glad I chose this one to record today. <laughs> I've had limited success with supposedly helpful pronunciation guides, but thanks to the laid-back nature of the channel, it just adds to the charm. Yeah, let, let's say that. Let's say that it adds to the charm that I don't bother to look up any pronunciations. Most people are like, Simon, could you be less lazy? And my response is usually, well, normally there's no response. <laughs> no, no, just like, no. It interrupts my enjoyment. I've mentioned it before. I don't want to be looking up like every bloody... Does this take place in Scandinavia? I think so. Did we read that already or am I remembering that from the pitch? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to be butchering some Scandinavian words today and I'm totally okay with that. And if you're not, then don't watch or listen. It's okay. <laughs> oh, Simon, just throw, throw away those views. We hope, anyway. Sorry if the mispronunciation, mispronunciations make you gnash your teeth with barely contained rage every time a word is mangled. <laughs> yeah, also hashtag sorry not sorry. One commenter suggested finding some mysteries about Finland to talk about, as some of their words are dauntingly long and difficult looking. So yeah, sorry Simon, this one's got a couple in there, but I think you'll get away pretty lightly overall. Don't expect any help because I didn't even bother trying to work out how to say them, <laughs> thanks to YouTube user Nonth606, which I also don't know how to pronounce, for suggesting this topic, or maybe we can both just let them take the fall for it if it evolves into a total shambles. Ah, uh, uh, me the fall for it, Katie? You're the one who saw the topic, accepted it, and then I guess I did approve it and record it and then had the video made by Jen. Yeah, I guess it's on all of us, really, isn't it? But I'm mostly going to blame you, Nonth606. <laughs> Because I don't know who you are, but thanks for the comments. This episode is about folklore, a family saga, an alternative explanation of human history, and a central character whose real life was as fascinating as his stories. Honestly, this sounds just like the Bible, doesn't it? An alternate version of history, 6,000 years ago, whatever it is, and a, uh, and a pivotal central character. Well, I guess there's two, God and Jesus, but is it the Catholics who believe that they're all one? What is it? The blood, the spirit, and the Holy Spirit? No, that's not it. That's obviously not it. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They believe they're all one. Which is a bit weird. <laughs> and it's like the literal belief of them being the same person. Which is weird. Also the literal belief that it's Jesus' blood and Jesus' flesh that you're eating. If you literally believe that, you sick cannibal. <laughs> I'm sorry, Catholics. 
Come for the buried treasure, stay for the autofellatio. Is that when you, uh, yourself with your... It is, isn't it? Or don't, it's not obligatory. And if you don't know what that is, pretend we never said anything. Onward. Well, kind of ruined that one, didn't I, Katie? An alternative history, creation myths, or stories about how the world was made can be found all over the place. Different countries and religions have their own versions of how humans came to be, generally being specifically related to the place or religion that's doing the telling. These are called creation myths as they're just that. They're myths and folklore that could form a link to the past, mixing history with storytelling and strengthening the cultural identity of a group of people. Prior to the advent of writing and recording information, tales were passed on via the oral tradition with people reciting stories to family members or large groups of listeners. These would then be told to other family members or taken to different parts of the country, and the stories would live on with every retelling. It's inevitable that most of these stories were not 100% faithful fully repeated from person to person or even by one person every single time they told it yes yeah, it's a problem with like oral traditions it's literally it's like the chinese whispers of history <laughs> and it's just gonna get ruined i didn't really understand the game chinese whispers as a kid because someone would always ruin it you know someone would start off with you know saying like purple bathrobe and then it would end and it would be like monkey telephone and you'd be like wait how did that happen because you're supposed to just you're supposed to hear these really small changes right but then every single time the teacher or like whatever this was like the kindergarten person would be like all right who changed it and no one will put their hands up and they'd be like you know how this works right okay who heard purple bathrobe half the people in the group would put their hands up who who heard like monkey telephone and the uh you know the other half will put their hands up and it's like wherever that changes and be like, well, all right, John, we know it was you, don't we? <laughs> well done, John. Go stand in the corner, John! New details crept in or left out, embellishments were made, and small things changed so that eventually the latest telling would differ quite significantly from the first. Of course, we can't take any of them seriously. There are far too many different stories about how humans came to be for any of them to be true, and of course, they can't all be true. But hang on a moment. What if one particular story about the origins of the human race was true? and the story had remained unchanged due to the very sounds the words in the story made. What are you talking about? How can a story remain untrue due to the very sounds the words in the story made? Well, don't those, can't those sounds just change? I'm so confused. Are you confused or do I just have a small brain? Should we all, in fact, be studying Boxhagen or in English, the Box Saga to better understand where we all came from? So here, is the story. I'll start by laying out the details of the box saga without any little sarcastic remarks or anything like that, and then we'll find out more about the Bachmeister himself afterwards. Okay, that's what Katie promises you. I, I can't, I can try, but I absolutely cannot promise there will be no sarcastic asides because I feel like at least 36% of this channel is me making sarcastic asides which it either leads some people to be like oh it's so refreshing to uh hear someone who's a bit skeptical of all of this stuff to the other side being like simon why can't you just believe why can't you just you know sure there's no evidence for it but there's no evidence against it simon <laughs> and i'm just like my brain is like no no it works stop it the fact that I make any reference at all to sarcastic remarks, however, kind of hints at my feelings towards the story, but 
Never mind. Let's hear the man or the Bockmeister out. Bockmeister's such a great name. Any name that ends in Meister, Dude Meister, for example, is good with me. I think my nick. I'd love to have the nick nickel name. Nickel name? <laughs> what the f**k's a nickel name? Whistlemeister. The story has been passed down the Bockstrom family line for generations, as that, and as the man known as Iol Bock was the last surviving member, it fell to him to recount it for the public record. It's been videoed, taped, and put into a book, but there are nearly 300 pages, and I ain't that dedicated to the story, so let's go for a bit of an abridged version of the apparent real story of the history of the human race. Casey, you know that putting something in air quotes, <laughs> like, real. That is a sarcastic aside, Casey. That wasn't even me. It's in the script. When thinking of where human life began, you're probably going to think Africa. Well, according to the box saga, you're way off. You might not think that Finland would be the origin for human life on the planet, but there you go. It was. I know almost nothing about Finland, apart from the fact that they produce quite good Formula One drivers, and I probably would have a hard time if I was given five seconds to point that out on a map. Uh... Verstappen is not Verstappen. Um, oh God. Oh God. What's his name? The guy. Uh, Bottas. Bottas is is Finnish, I believe. Because in that Drive to Survive TV show on Netflix, which is amazing and uh, totally got me into Formula One, is um they in his like off season or whatever he goes to sauna, which feels very Finnish. He's either that or one of those other countries up there, like Sweden, Norway, Denmark right denmark is denmark denmark's a bit further south oh my god my geography <laughs> kill me now sorry finland's okay i've looked it up and it now connects with norway at its very north sweden at the northwest side and russia down the eastern side yeah i know that finland's the most far right one right not not politically just like on the map i suppose i should say far east one because it uh, had that winter war with russia and i know that it's a bit it, it's touching russia and with the whole like russia having their a war of aggression again <laughs> russia being a bit like <laughs> i miss territory russia don't you have enough look how massive you are look at any map russia vladimir putin go to google maps you're already f***ing huge russia i i don't want to say it but look at the uk look how small it is it's a tiny island and you're like why did it want a third of the world because it was tiny <laughs> I'm not making excuses. Obviously, colonialism was wrong. It's called a joke. But also, f*** off, Russia. <laughs> what a controversial and spicy statement, Simon. The south and southwest protrudes out into the Baltic Sea. Now that we've got that straight, forget anything you think you may know about the history of the world, and even evolution for that matter, because you're dead wrong. Think humans have evolved very gradually from a series of primates, or maybe you believe that a deity created the first humans on Earth? Well, sorry to burst your bubble there, but in reality, or at least in the reality of the box saga, the first humans were created due to the mating of a male ape and a female goat. I mean, yeah, that works. You could see how that would work. That's why we don't have fur. Or fur. Fur? Hair. <laughs> I mean, all over our bodies. Like a goat or an ape. <laughs> Also, I don't think that apes and goats are going to be able... It's not like a horse and a donkey making a mule, or like a lion and a tiger making a liger. These are... I don't think they're sexually compatible, if that's the right word. 
It's probably not the right word, is it? Yeah, not sure about that either, but hey, it's the story, so it must be true. And it wasn't a few hundred thousand years ago, or even a million or so, or two. It was over 50 million years ago. This frankly bizarre union created the first two humans, Frey and Freya. They were born into a paradise on Earth near, Earth near the North Pole called the Odenmar or Odenmar. This was your traditional paradise with lots of nice scenery and trees and shit and the probable basis for the Garden of Eden. In fact, Odenmar was located in what is now Finland. The box saga explains how the Earth used to be oriented so that modern-day Helsinki used to be at the top of the world at the North Pole. Alrighty then. When the Earth was created, a large hole was blown into the magma layer under Helsinki, and over time, this became a treasure trove of enormous wealth featuring gold jewel statues. <laughs> what? I mean, I understand the geology. It's like, yeah, what came out of there? Gold, jewels, like stone, you know, diamonds and shit. And also statues. Finished statues. Some uh, Statue of Liberty, that one of David some other famous statues a big one of buddha <laughs> just like rolling out of there offerings to the finnish gods and artifacts documenting human history oh i see <laughs> it's like where did all this fake history come from uh magma it burst out of the earth in magma <laughs> oh my god what, the, what whoever came up with this was smoking whatever crack they had back then the first people on Earth were divided into two groups, the Asser and the Vanna. Unfortunately, shortly after they made an appearance, the Ice Age started dividing the two groups for millions of years when the Asser got stuck in Udamar and the Vanna just did their thing in the rest of the world. These Vanna people eventually split into different races with different languages and their own cultural histories. When the ice finally started the Thorin retreat, the humans who had proliferated in the intervening years were now in danger of being flooded out. Can we call them humans? They're half ape, half goat. <laughs> I don't know what that would look like, but it's not... It's. I feel like, you know that there's that new technology or whatever, the Dali, Dali 2, which uh, you type in a, a prompt, like uh, Simon reading a script, and it will give a picture of Simon reading a script. And it's just like, holy shit, it's incredible. If anyone in the, uh, in the audience has access to that, hit me up with a, a, a half human, a half ape, half goat. And uh, maybe we can swap out the thumbnail for that. <laughs> I want access to that Dali too, just so I can make stupid thumbnails. I applied, but apparently there's a massive waitlist. Yo, Dali too, if you're listening, hook me up. These Vanna people eventually split into different races with different languages and their own cultural histories. When the ice finally started to thaw and retreat. The humans who had proliferated in the intervening years were now in danger of being flooded out. Luckily for them, the Asser had spent their time in isolation. Ah, clever. Becoming extremely smart and built boats so that they and their animals could survive the floods. If this sounds familiar, you can thank the Box Saga for providing the influence for Noah's Ark. There may be another connection with a well-known story too. The period when the Asser were basically iced in was known as Altlandis, or all land ice. During the millions of years they were trapped, they created agricultural and knowledge systems in the Arctic, finally emerging as a pale race with blue or green eyes. Think about it, and Altlandis is really quite similar to Atlantis. Could the lost city have been in Finland all along? Gonna say no. <laughs> 
The Asa that made it through the Ice Age then sent three main families to explore, teach, and populate the areas of Eurasia around Finland, and one of these families was the Bokstrom, of which Igor Bok was the last remaining member. The Asa were hugely influential in Europe, guiding the building of various civilizations and transferring their beliefs into the pagan beliefs that humans held prior to the arrival of religions like Christianity. They were apparently behind the creations of the pharaohs Moses, Buddha, Krishna, Jesus' parents, among others, so they were really nothing if not inclusive. Jesus' parents. So you mean Mary and fucking God. <laughs> this guy, who's like, who comes up with this? And then passes it down generations of their family, some made-up crazy story. It's like, why? Don't do that. It's like me just making up some crazy-ass story and telling it to my kids and being like, and it is true, and you must tell your kids. They're gonna get bullied. They're definitely going to get bullied at school for that sh When they made it onto the global scene, the Asa wanted to unite humanity with a common knowledge, so a system was set up that hung on the sounds of the Swedish and Finnish languages. All sounds were symbolic and had their own meanings, and the symbols used were not actually made up by humans, but were instead based on a mathematical system of one and zero, also known as Poland Ring or Staven Circle. Therefore, when Arbok told the saga of his family history, it was not possible for a mistake or changes to be made, as each sound is part of a matrix of meaning called the root language okay um that still sounds like you could make a mistake by getting a one or a zero wrong no as carl borgen who had written who has written extensively on the box saga puts it on his website since the meaning of sounds are fixed and cannot be altered the saga can be passed on to the next generation without any changes in its purest form just as mathematics is the language in which their natural cohesion between numbers is described and can thus be passed on so is the root language the natural means of describing the box saga um what <laughs> It can't be changed. We just said it can be changed. What are you talking about? So Eilbach was told the story of the real history of the world by his mother and aunt in sessions of two hours a day over a period of about 20 years. Oh my god, the commitment. Is that why you're going... Uh, hey, oh, what are you doing after school today, mate? We're going to go ride bikes or whatever people in Finland do. Like ski. I'm sure they ride bikes as well. It's just a normal country. I'm sorry, Finnish people. Um, so they're going, wait, oh, we're gonna go ride bikes. And he's like, nah, mate, I gotta go home and study the made-up history for two hours. It's like, oh, come on, you've been doing that for like 20 years. I know, he's like, he's like we're almost done. And I gotta start teaching it to my children. Ugh. Well, when organized religions such as Christianity started becoming more popular, the descendants of the Asa ended up taking their more pagan beliefs and rituals into hiding as they were being suppressed by the church. In fact, the saga was passed on in secret from about 1248 AD until Eierbach revealed it in the 1980s. It also ties in heavily with Finnish mythology, especially the Kalevala, which is an epic poem collected and published for the first time in 1835. This is a famous example of Finnish literature, and one of the heroes in the story is a youth called Lemmekainen. He has various different tasks to do in order to win a bride, and ends up dying in the attempt. His mother finds his body, and in some tellings manages to revive him. In the box saga, there is a temple to Lemmekainen that was closed up in the year 987 to protect it from those meddling Christians and other invading groups. It's here that wealth beyond belief is stored. It can be found in Finland, in a place called Sipu, which was handily on box estate oh my god what a coincidence but this crazy dude has an estate normally i i guess there's a reason like people have listened to him at some point right because it honestly sounds like the ramblings of you know 
You, you know when you're just walking around the street and you're like, what is that? There's, there's some... Like, I was just walking down the street the other day and there was some dude who was clearly, like, on uh, meth or pervitin or whatever it is here. And it's just like, he's walking along and his trousers are like... He's just, he's just talking to himself loudly, walking down the street, and his trousers are, like, so low that most of his ass is exposed. And it's like, the only reason he hasn't been arrested is because they're just above his genitals. And he's, like, just walking along like a crazy person. And I'll, what I'm trying to say... <laughs> I don't know why I'm describing this in such depth. It was just such a shocking sight. You're like, oh, hello. <laughs> why are you half naked? Uh, just, it is the middle of the day. What I'm trying to say is, that's the normal sort... That's the sort of person that I'd expect this story to come out of. Not a guy who has an estate. <laughs> Because as we all know, rich people are better. It's not my point. They're, it's just... There's there's more crazy people, like, ranting... Right, like, the, the dude with his trousers just above his penis, right? <laughs> Digging a hole, Simon. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One other notable thing in the saga is the obsession with fertility rights and not wasting your sacred water or seeds of life. AKA your ejaculate. Yes, Katie, we knew. In a somewhat abrupt left turn, Bok details that he was taught how to drink his own semen via autofellatio from the age of seven. That is called child abuse, Eeyore. What was his name? Not Eeyore. That's the guy from Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore. With the help of also learning yoga, the box called this position Sauna Salmo or Sauna Knot. And yep, you basically cross your legs behind your head and get to it. Oh my god, that is not a nice image. There are some photos to be found online of Bok demonstrating the position, but luckily he keeps his trousers on, at least in the ones I've seen. The recycling of sperm was apparently totally the thing to do to increase your fertility and brain power. Women could also do it, but thankfully they were allowed to use a straw. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> What is this nonsense? So to wrap it up, the Bok Saga proclaims that humans have been around for over 50 million years and originated in Finland when an ape had sex with a goat. It may seem utterly bonkers, but there was a period when the Bok Saga had quite the following, and even to this day, people are convinced there is a treasure hoard in Sipu. But why? Well, we've had the myth and the legends. Now let's have a look at the man himself, Ior Bok. I guess it's a bit late to mention this, but Ior is the Finnish version of Eeyore, the donkey from Winnie the Pooh. So I guess you pronounce it a bit like that, or just Ior, like how it's written. Thanks, Katie. Really glad you put the put that here rather than at the beginning. Helpful. I have, I have, and will continue to refer to our main man as Ior Bok or Bok, as that's what we as that what as that's what he's called himself in later life. He was known in earlier times as Holger Svedlin, Braw Holger Svedlin, Eil Svedlin, and sometimes Eil Bokstrom Svedlin, before settling on the much more manageable Eil Bok. What are you up to? Why do you have so many names? <laughs> Just have one name! 
If you believe him and the whole box saga timeline, R was conve- conceived when, as other direct Asser ascendants were a bit thin on the ground, his grandfather, Sea Captain Nut Victor Boxstrom, impregnated his own daughter, Rhea, in 1941. What the fuck is this going on? What? This seems all very weirdly sexual. Like, why do we have to have autofellatio, bestiality, and, um,. Oh, God, what's it called? Why can't I remember this word? Incest. <laughs> Why do we have to have this all? It's so weird. You'd be like, yeah, my family is all from history. And also, tons of bestiality. I'm descended from an ape goat. I also suck myself off. And we all sat to throw in some incest. We're just hitting all of that. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> all of the weird and this is the story that he's telling about himself. It's not like some sort of slander piece. It's like, no, no, no. I am the descendant of a ape dot ape goat fucking autofellatio family incest shit. Why? <laughs> uh, why not make up a better story about yourself? Why not just leave out those details? It had already been foretold that a male member of the Boxstrom line would retell the saga in 1984, and Nut's son had been killed in the First World War, ending that branch of the family tree. Nut was an admirable 81 at the time, and because of this double Boxstrom lineage, I later designated himself a Super Bok. Rare was already married to a Bertel Svedlin, and to avoid awkward questions, Bertel officially adopted the baby, and thus the man who became known as R. Bok was born Holger Svedlin in 1942. He later called himself Braw, and either later took up and even later took up the Iorbach moniker. Of course, the fact that there is documented proof of Bok's biological mother and formal adoption by the Svedlins in the Finnish National Archives doesn't matter much when you've got a good story to tell. Yeah, never let facts get in the way of a good story. It's a good rule. Personally, if I was his adopted mother, I'd be pretty hacked off at Bok for peddling this embarrassing origin story, but there you go. <laughs> Holger, Holger, stop telling people I had sex with my dad, you f- weirdo. The family also adopted a three-year-old boy called Eric, who became Anna's older brother. Thinking about this now, if Bok was adopted, he had no claim at all to any of this saga, as he wasn't a direct descendant of the Bokstrom family, and therefore the asses. Well, as with many aspects of this story, I guess, again, he didn't let the facts get in the way of a good yarn. During his formative years, Bok didn't go to traditional school, as he had to sit in silence for at least two hours a day, listening to and memorizing the family saga. That's what he said anyway. He was apparently sent away to a boarding school for a year when he was about nine, as his father, Bertel Svedlin, had died and his mother was having difficulty uh, uh, with Isle's behavior. As a <laughs> having difficulty with your children's behavior? Send them to boarding school! <laughs> That's a solution! As a man in his 20s, Bok lived the swinging 60s lifestyle. His family did own various plots of land and were very well off, so he hosted parties that involved lots of music and sex, although he apparently refrained from excessive drinking. He was still drinking his own special juices throughout this time. Don't forget about that. He's like, I don't drink alcohol, I just drink my own semen. Okay. <laughs> it's the seed of life. All right, Isle. <laughs> You got a beer, mate. I'm not going to be drinking my own semen at your weird party. A tragic and slightly mysterious event then happened in 1962. Remember Isle's older brother, Eric? Vaguely. <laughs> Sorry. According to the report Isle gave police at the time, he and Eric were listening to music and I was dancing about and decided to get their grandfather's gun to add a bit of spice to the dance. It's like, you know what made this dance better? Weaponry. Yes! Let's fire the guns into the air like a terrorist! After messing about with it, he threw it to Eric and it went off, shooting Eric through the chest and killing him. 
Eric isn't mentioned in the official Bach saga, but in later years, when talking about him to the followers he picked up, Eierbach is documented as having said his brother shot himself while alone in his room. Eric was supposed to be getting married the following week, and there were no other witnesses to the event, so it's never been properly explained, and Eier was given four months probation, but the whole thing was written off as an accident. Some of his friends at the time shunned him, while others couldn't believe the gentle, soft-spoken boy could possibly hurt anyone. I mean, we don't know. But you've got to assume it's an accident, rather than him murdering his brother. They were just dancing around, using guns. <laughs> Traditional Finnish gun dance. Regardless of what really happens, Aaron Eric's mother had a memorial on what was supposed to have been the wedding day. Eric's fiance. Eric's fiance remembers seeing Isle whistling and tightrope walking between two trees, basically being an insufferable attention seeker when he should have been keeping his head down. That is not not appropriate behavior, mate. What are you doing tight walking between two trees like boop, 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 boop? Maybe you did murder him, you psycho. His desire for the spotlight only increased as he got older. He took to the stage and acted and directed several productions in Swedish theaters in Finland. He really scratched his itch for showmanship coupled with history, however, when he became a tour guide in 1968, working at the Solmenlinna Sea Fortress, also known as Sverborg, Bok could spin incredible tales for tourists, with 18th century history being his favorite topic. The Bokstroms were in real life a very historically, socially, and financially rich family, and had many examples of correspondence with key players in various wars and cultural happenings throughout the 1700s, so it's no real surprise that Bach had a lot of juicy stories to tell. It sounds like your family already has a super interesting backstory. Why do you need to fill it with bestiality and incest? And weird inaccurate history. What are you doing? He was really good at it and much in demand, although his contract was terminated in 1984 when the management thought his stories were getting a bit out of control. During this time, he also traveled to London, England in the winters where he probably got up to all kinds of shenanigans and then from the mid-1970s, he traveled to Goa, India, where his transformation into some sort of hippie mystic guru began. Bark and his partner at the time, Claire von Frankel, were actually quite well known in Finland during this period with their various comings and goings frequently mentioned in magazines and papers so they're basically like socialites like rich 1970s uh, or 80s or whatever um, like hippie socialites okay in Goa Bach liked to spend time in a small village called Shapora working on his stories for the coming summer's tour guide program and smoking cannabis a lot of cannabis eventually built up a large group of followers in what might be called a cult but his ultimate story the bock family saga was still under wraps it wasn't until his mother died in 1984 the bog declared he had been tasked with delivering the bock saga to the world and having it recorded for posterity unfortunately the first time he tried to share the knowledge with an outside group of people he was in goa with a load of hippies taking lsd bock has said he never did lsd not wanting people to think his somewhat hard to believe alternate history was in any way related to potentially mind-altering psychedelics if you're in that situation, just be like, no, it was the psychedelics, because otherwise you're just crazy. <laughs> Unluckily, though, some young Finnish people who had traveled over with Bach and von Frankel had bad reactions to the drug, and the news got back to the Finnish press, causing a bit of a scandal and ultimately signaling the end of Bach and von Frankel's relationship, as well as a shaky start for the veracity of his family's story. <laughs> Surprising there, given that it's not true. <laughs> 
Is any, we're all on the same page here, right? That this is just crazy. Later on in 1984, Bach managed to find a more sober audience and he related the saga the first time in Swedish, where it was recorded on tape for the Finnish Folk Culture Archive. This was also the year that he was fired from his tourist guide post as his stories just started becoming too weird. Friends had a hard time having normal conversations with him, but to their surprise, Bach led a large group of hangers on supporting him. Subsequent recordings of the saga were taken over the years, sometimes with more information than other times, with a book also published in Finnish in 1996. In 1987, Bok confirmed that the location of Finnish hero Lemekainen's temple was under his own property in the village of Gumbostrand in the Sippo municipality of Finland. Oh my god! What a coincidence! This was a cave full of amazing treasure, remember? So he got a team together and they raised funds to break through the rocks to find an entrance. Who is giving them funds? Please just tell me that this is Box family money, because otherwise he's got some real idiots to give, you know, he's got some idiots to give him money. Although it doesn't seem that hard. It's like, yeah, this, this, like, I don't know, it's just such a YouTube thing, but like the crypto, NFT stuff, it's like idiots give people money is uh, not as uncommon as you might think, apparently. Over the course of about 10 years, Box followers made it about 50 meters into the cave, but no chamber or staircase or further door was found. Bok went bankrupt trying to fund excavations and also got in trouble in 1990 for drugs charges relating to LSD and hashish. <laughs> of he did. This led to his largest sponsor pulling the plug on their part in the project, and Bok was left in a giant, literal, financial, and figurative hole. The dig stalled, and things only got worse for the last surviving member of the Bokstrom family. In 1999, Arbok was attacked and stabbed several times by a disturbed follower, leaving him basically a quadriplegic. Oh. Well, this took a turn. While in the hospital, he had more properties seized and sold to pay off his outstanding debts to various contractors. He recruited a couple of young Indian men that had met in Goa to work as his personal helpers and spent the next few years mainly sitting around in the nude at home smoking pot and banging on about his saga and the root language. Unhappily for Bach, his life ended in 2010 when one of the men who worked for him suddenly murdered him by stabbing him to death. He must have been a pretty difficult man to look after then. The man who was freed by reason of insanity to return home said that he had seen a black crow and then he couldn't remember anything after that. It is called to the emergency services after having killed Bach. The man called him the devil. So, a sad end then for this colorful, eccentric, semen-supping storyteller who died at the age of 68. I don't think it's even really necessary to decode why a saga is not actually likely to be the one true origin of the story of humankind, but let's give it a, give it a few sentences in case you're wondering. <laughs> I feel like we could have, like, the, the next section is called Decoding the Bach Saga, and I feel we could just have this one as like really mate thanks for watching but let's humor katie there's a couple more pages let's go the first point is that the whole thing is just coming from this one source Isle Bok. While there are touchstones in Finnish mythology and similarities to other creation stories, Bok's story is not backed up by anything other than his own chutzpah. Before he came along, nobody was chatting about any of this stuff. Yes, I know it was supposed to be kept secret to avoid being quashed, but Bok wasn't even genetically related to the Bokstrom, so he really had no skin in the game. His older brother wasn't taught the saga. Is this his older brother wasn't taught the saga? Is this because they already knew he'd die early? In which case, why doesn't that detail feature in the recorded tellings of the saga? Oh my god, could it be? This is not real. Seconds, Bok had all sorts of funny notions about ice ages, large chambers underground, and the orientation of the Earth, which have no basis in geological or geographical fact. Yeah, mate. He was also like big statues came out of magma. Uh-huh. 
All right. Third, his root language idea, while quite interesting, again doesn't really mean anything. Swedish is not an old language, so to say it was the origin of anything is not realistic. Finnish is a much older language, but unless you're one of those annoying people who likes to learn obscure languages for the fun of it, it never spread very far outside of Finland, so it's a very niche language to hang the whole history of the world on. According to the website theculturetrip.com, the Finnish language has its origins in the U- Russian Ural mountain areas, so, there's therefore, so it's therefore not the origin of any language itself. The fact that Bok was adamant that Scandinavian alphabet could be used as some sort of story code just means that maybe he hadn't thought the story through very well. <laughs> Burn. That's what his peers thought, for the most part, too. Basically, Bok was just spouting nonsense for attention, and then he got trapped in a cycle of having to, re- having to relate it over and over. Maybe he grew to believe it, some of his followers definitely did, but most of the world has never heard of the Bok saga or the man who helpfully tried to bring it to our attention. In later interviews with people, Bok, who seemed to extend this language matrix into modern English, which obviously makes no sense whatsoever if you originally hung your hat on the nail, of all languages are descended from the root language. And come on, an ape shagging a goat to make a human? No! Yes, why silly the saga and search continues being that this weird story was just the product of one man's mind it's still impressive that we're talking about it today bok was not yelling into a void people were actually listening to what he said and some at least were taking it seriously sure the mix of impressionable minds odd sexual practices drugs and a charismatic storyteller who at one point had lots of money meant that the gatherings of some followers was inevitable but his family story and the story of his own life did manage to live on finnish rock band kingston wall produced a whole album inspired by bok story after founding member Petri Wally met Bok in Goa in 1994. He soon became disillusioned with the so-called mystics' teachings, though, and regretted dedicating a whole album to them. Wally ended up killing himself in 1995. I mentioned Carl Brogan earlier in the episode, as he's one of the main flamekeepers for the Bok saga. Borgen, a historian and writer, was apparently friends with the original core group of people returning to Sipu to try and find the treasure and has since managed to squeeze four books out of it. One about the box saga itself, one about these treasure hunters, and two novels which seem largely based on Finnish mythology and box alternative version of history, so at least someone's reaping the benefits of the whole debacle. No offense, but this guy seems like the History Channel of uh, the Box Saga, doesn't he? You know. Although the History Channel could definitely make a whole series about this, spin some money out of this nonsense. Go on, History Channel. Go on. Hey, we haven't quite finished just yet. Remember the cave in Cebu I just mentioned? Yeah, it turns out that a cave full of treasure, apparently worth billions, is quite the itch that people can't stop scratching. Teams of volunteers have been going back to the site every summer for years in the hopes of one day breaking through to the mother load. As I write this, apparently thousands of people are gearing up to go and excavate the hell out of those caves in the summer of 2022. I mean, that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> I know there's nothing in there, but it's like, what are we going to go dig around in a cave? and be like, cool. Sounds fun. It's been slow going up to now, with just a handful of dedicated workers from all over the world regularly visiting the site, and with the caves flooding during the rest of the year, they have to start each season by pumping out over 1.5 million litres of water. Fun, fun, fun. I'm not exactly sure why this year is different, but apparently the group finally feel like they're on the verge of a breakthrough, so naturally, all these other greedy layabouts suddenly want to come in at the last second to grab some of the glory and the gold for themselves. Who knows, by the time this episode comes out, maybe the Lemminkainen horde will have been discovered and we'll all be wowed at the treasures found inside, and history as we know it will be turned on its head. But you know, probably not. Yeah, no. <laughs> no fucking chance this has been an episode of decoding the unknown thank you so much for watching i hope you enjoyed it 
bit of it. Just <laughs> going in the nonsense. Ah, the box saga, everybody. Goats, apes, incest, autofellatio. What a cracker. Leave a review if you liked it, if you're listening to this as a podcast, if you're watching on YouTube. Yes, there's also a video format of this show. Like, subscribe. Thank you for watching. Or listening, of course. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.